Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to talk about some Chicago Red Stars off-season news. Happy New Year to everyone. We are officially in the year 2022 of the pandemic. It's still active. Y'all watch out, be safe, take care. There's some things that we've got to get into on the news side of things for the Chicago Red Stars. And maybe give our opinions of how that's going to impact the club uh, moving forward. So we're excited to chat a little bit about uh, Chicago Red Stars 2022. Let's get into all of it. Can't go through all of this stuff alone. Can't do anything alone. So I'm here with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. You know, we're back at it, right? Uh, yeah. In so many ways, it feels like. Just right back at it. Just right back at it. I, it I feel like there's been some moments for us where we come back and it's just like, you know what we could be doing? Hanging out with you know, each other. It is really funny that the last time we did this, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a holiday episode. <laughs> we'll we'll meet back up in a week. And then, yeah. then, then we died. Did not. Yeah. Right. And then we died, actually. But, you know, the cool thing is that we're actually ghosts. Yes. Yeah. So this is our coming out as ghosts and we're yeah. back at it. 20, 2022 ghost protocol. That's that's yeah. the vibe this year. We're we're dead. We're, we're at it. We're at it for sure. Uh, Chicago Red Stars. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's let's catch people up. Uh, expansion draft took place. The draft took place. Uh, we sort of kind of previewed that a little bit uh, for, for everyone. Some picks were made for Chicago because, again, they traded out of the expansion, so they did not uh, participate in that. But welcome right to what's going to be considered all the new Chicago Red Stars. We'll see uh, the players who are available for preseason, which is not too far away. Uh, players are supposed to report in markets February 1st. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday, January the 5th for everyone. But Chicago did make uh, five player selections in that draft. They went ahead and they took uh, Ava Cook, Sammy Fisher, Sarah Griffith, uh, Kayla McCune, and Jada Hilton, Belea and uh, also made a little bit of a trade within that draft. They traded the 23rd overall pick to Washington Spirit and they received $25,000 in allocation money and the Spirit's highest second round pick in the 2023rd, uh, 2023 NWSL draft. So, yeah, I mean, did you have any big surprises from Chicago coming out of that? That draft sort of kind of felt like a business as usual draft for, for Chicago. They didn't have a pick really until uh, later into the second round. Yeah, I mean, I wrote about it. I wrote about it for the Patreon. So if you want my in-depth thoughts, I, I did a breakdown of every pick. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was fine. I mean, they didn't. I think it was a it was an accurate reflection of sort of what this draft was, which was a strong first round ish, and then um, especially for need, right? We saw. I think if you go and you look at the first round and you see all the picks made by the teams that had picks in that round, you think, oh, all of these make sense. This is they're getting, getting good <laughs> players. But um, then you kind of have to go into as you move further into. They didn't, did they have? They had like a second round pick. Like they did not. It was like late in the second round. It was like mid mid to late. Right, right. and so yeah. I I think what Chicago did not do is they didn't maybe take the biggest name left on the table. You know, they didn't go for some of the prospects that people have been talking about a little bit more, but they did, yeah. they, they just kind of stuck. I, I think they just kind of stuck with what positional needs they had. They kept it local for the most part, which I think is, is good. And I, the way I kind of described it is they, they didn't have the assets to trade up, nor was there a particularly good reason to. And then 
you just are compiling players for a coach that you don't have yet. And so you just kind of have to pick these players that you think will be good in the mix in training. And then once you have a new head coach in, that's when you, that's when the work actually starts. Right. Um, I think maybe for both of us though, is it was not, nor was it ever going to be, they didn't pick any starters in this draft. And yeah, I, think, I don't think that's unfair yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, or not, you know, I'm not saying they never will, but just like not right away. And, and so then you're still just kind of like, okay, where is Chicago's starting 11 right now? And I think that is the big question, I think for me, you know? Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think that that got answered in this draft, but I mean, in fairness, I think all the clubs that were involved in this one, I don't think that was going to be answered with this draft, right? I think like most drafts or most recent drafts, we should maybe kind of narrow it down. Most recent drafts uh, sort of have been viewed in that sort of similar lens where there's maybe your your first round talent and then a big, big dip and drop off. But maybe with this particular draft, I think it was safe to say maybe even the first five picks were going to be be the ones. I don't think that that's unfair to, to say either no. that maybe within the first, like there's 12 picks, right? In, in, in that first round. So maybe you cut that in half. So we'll even expand it to six, six. for six picks are, are going to be, you know, potential um, maybe, you know, sooner rather than later starting caliber type of players or, or at least first year type of players. Um, and then after that, there was a huge uh, drop off. So I don't think that that was too shocking to sort of see how, Chicago ran their their draft on on that day just because they they found themselves in a little bit of a different position and I'm not talking about the big stuff with the coach lack of coaching and stuff like that but the, sort of the um the picks in hand right yeah. Chicago has typically in the past sort of collected a ton of picks for for draft and and draft days and then sort of made big moves on draft days you know they uh have made moves for players directly right you know NWSL level ready type of players they've made uh moves for future drafts uh they were the team that made the first ever trade for allocation money in, a, in the draft, right? So all of those things, but that wasn't the same scenario in this one. They didn't have a single first round pick um, in in this draft and they didn't pick until later into the second round. Um, and then by that point, that was sort of the 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 angle and the viewpoints of, of the talent pool remaining at hand. So they just kind of leaned into, I think, what who they were and, and, and what they were about. And I mean, prior to the prior to the draft, they made the announcement of um you know, who was going to, to, to be in charge, so to speak, right. Or help run, run the draft. And when you saw the draft, you sort of saw the, the red stars draft room and it, you know, it had, you know, um, Julian stitch and, and Roddy, uh, tennis, excuse me. And, and others with, within the room who were part of the process, you know, uh, and yeah, this Michelle, is also Michelle the same Lomnicki group. Was another one Michelle Lomnicki, who, who, yeah. who's, you know, been, been involved with the red stars academies was, was present there as well. Yeah. Um, so, these are also some of the same people who they, the club also announced we're going to be part of the head coaching search committee. So they were part of the drafting process on draft day. And uh, I guess that leads us, that's a transition, right? <laughs> that leads us into what's going on with this head coaching search. Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe the one other thing I want to say about this draft, which, you know, we, we hammered, <laughs> we hammered the red stars for the expansion process. So we don't really need to rehash that, but I mean, I was struck a little bit and, this comes from understanding that this was not the strongest draft in the world, but you know, not having those picks in the first round and famously right. Chicago originally had like four, four first round picks in this draft. And the, the answer we always got when we were talking about that was this was always supposed to be sort of hedging for expansion, right? Like they were collecting yeah. assets in order to be able to offset expansion. And so, I mean, 
did this draft make sense considering the situation they were in? Absolutely. Did they not have picks in the first round because they were hedging against expansion? Yes. Did they still lose a lot of players to expansion over the last two years? Also, yes. So I think that we're trying to, we're trying to talk about the logic of being in this particular environment with the assets that you have, but these were all, I mean, the asset deficit that Chicago's in right now is immense. And I think that this was just sort of another example of that. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be following them a little bit as, as the, the season rapidly approaches. I mean, the off season goes by in a blink. I don't think that can be underestimated or overstated just enough. Excuse months, me. Just two months this year, which <laughs> it's they're not, changing, right? They're going to make it three again. Yeah. They're going to try to make it three yeah. again, right? Yeah. For, for 2023. But for now it's, it's not, it's a quick, quick turnaround. They're coming off of the longest season that they've ever had. Uh, you know, they played all, all the games. Chicago yeah. Red Stars are, are the one team again in 2021 that played all, all the games from, from beginning to end. Uh, that were possible in front of them, including during their, what were supposed to be bye weeks right. <laughs> with the women's cup. So um, not long, a long season with a, with a short uh, off season and some of the updates ahead of, ahead of the draft, which included who was going to be uh, sort of in place to, to run draft day. And then who was also going to be part of a search committee for a head coach, because the red stars went ahead and made that announcement uh, as well, that the search committee for a head coach was, was priority and was underway that there was a committee that was going to consist of assistant coaches, sports psychologists, uh, the club's chief business owner, or excuse me, a chief business officer, who's Vicki Lynch, uh, various members of the club's ownership, also former players as well. That was very interesting. Um, and uh, that eventually the Red Stars gave themselves a goal to announce in January of 2022. And here we are. We're in January of 2022. Again, mentioned that we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, January 5th. And there has been uh, no announcement of, of a new head coach. So we're operating under the assumption that that search is still ongoing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. Sometimes sometimes announcements come uh, a couple weeks after the process has ended. Um I mean, yeah, it's, we, we don't know. We'll find out, I guess, when they make an announcement. Um, Yeah. It's again, a little bit of radio silence, just Chicago, not really being in the mix in terms of news right now, uh, which is not unlike them. Right. We talk about this every year, but um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll know when we know. We will know when we know, but I thought that was something that was funny that sort of, I think maybe came off of not so much the heels, but uh, the, the NWSL events that took place. Right. So something that we also kind of ended our last episode of 2021 with was the excitement that we had, that we always have and hold special and dear and place in our hearts is uh, the Liga MX Feminil Grand Final that was uh, taking place. And we're going to bridge this all together with why this is relevant to the Chicago Red Stars because Liga MX Feminine is cool and fun, number one, right? So we enjoy talking about it a little bit when we get a chance. But uh, a bit of news that also came maybe adjacent to these these announcements that the club uh, put out was that they also sort of went through and, and said that they had set, they finalized and set their uh, their their roster ahead of the 2022 drafts that were taking place. So along with making the announcement of the code, the head coaching search committee um, ahead of the drafts, they also said, hey, the club set the roster ahead of the 2022 drafts as well. And they included 
a number of players uh, on their what they consider their current roster that included the the four national team players that they issued contracts to um club specific contracts that also uh, included talking about the the retirement of uh, zoe Gorowski, right so no longer being a part of the club uh but listed a, a number of, of of players in in all the positions moving forward uh for 2022 so as the rest of the calendar year was closing out and soccer was closing out for for the holidays and for the year that also included a league like Lemon, league mx Feminil. And one of the players that Chicago Red Stars had placed on um, this list that they made uh, public on December the 8th was Sarah Luber of Club America. She's an Aguila out there in Liga MX Feminil. And they were part of the playoff run and push, but unfortunately did not make it all the way to the grand final. Uh, and it ended up being that Monterrey Rayadas ended up being the champions uh, for, for that season. Uh, but some news that happens, I want to talk about quick offseason and turnarounds. Liga MX is like that. So yeah. they have a full year of their seasons broken down into two parts. So there's a very small window to make moves and announcements. And one of the announcements that we're leading to is that Sarah Lubert, who was placed um, on this list, listed on Chicago Red Stars list as on loan with an exercise option for and 2022. Didn't they, didn't they make like a general statement too, where they were like, we will be recalling our players on loan. And there was something in that statement as well with like some sort of statement of intent that players would be coming back. And I don't remember exactly what it I was. possibly it was like, you know, obviously it was, it wasn't just like a list of players. There was, yeah. you know, some, there were players that they, they refer to that like, Hey, I think maybe there was something that got mentioned too. I think within that was that, you know, players who were drafted right, right. over these next two drafts right, are also right, right. like, yeah. included in this as well even if i think if maybe they weren't necessarily um you know named i think to this 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 one it, it ended with it that the club expects sarah lubert and kayla sharples to rejoin the club once they have completed their time on loan with club america and adelaide united respectively additionally the red stars will be joined in the preseason by players selected in the 2021 nwsl draft and players selected in the 2022 NWSL draft and players on the club's discovery list. So you are correct, Claire, within this statement and list of players, there was also a verbatim uh, quote that they expected uh, Luber and Sharples to rejoin whenever their, their loans are completed. So um, when Sarah Luber headed over to Club America, there weren't a lot of details right. uh, that were issued by the club um, at the time of that. And uh, in terms of details of what a loan is and, and how that works for the Chicago Red Star specifically, and even by and large by, you know, within NWSL, I think maybe a lot of people were operating on the assumption that, hey, she's going to go for the remainder of the season and then she'll be back. Um, but again, how Liga MX Feminine works, it's a, it's a full year with uh, two seasons within the year. And Sarah Luber and, and Club America announced that she's returning. She's right. returning for the 2022, the beginning of the 2022 season with Liga MX Feminil. And uh, it's relevant uh, for Chicago. And I think we're talking about it here uh, on the podcast because, you know, in terms of the current roster that Chicago, that Chicago put out on December 8th uh, for their forward line, they said Rachel Hill, Sarah Luber, Alyssa Motts, Mel Pugh, and Kalia Watt as this sort of five forward core um in place and uh it seems really really limited now i think that's putting it kind of nicely when we're looking uh at the players uh, on this list you're, you're looking at rachel hill you're looking at mallory Pugh, right Alyssa motts who started to get some more 
um, a minute towards minutes towards the, the later end and latter end, excuse me, of uh, of the season. Um, you have somebody like Khalil Watt, uh, who says that the on, on here that the exercise option for 2022, which is great. You love to see that. But, you know, Khalil Watt came out of the 2021 semifinal with what looked like a significant knee injury yeah. was unavailable for the championship final. And uh, there has been no update from yeah. from the club about this specific player other than placing her on uh an expected current Red Stars roster for 2022. Um, you know, so there's some there's some questions here. There's still some unknowns. There's still some information that um, people don't have. Uh, and again, with with Sarah Luber, uh, the assum- the assumption is that hey, maybe with how loans work here, that there's a possibility that this particular player could maybe still be in the plans for 2022. No one here is saying that that's still not a possibility, right? right. But to start your season with what could be two to possibly three and a half, four ish forwards on your roster. That's, that's not great. Well, right. And I think it, it calls into question that general statement, right. About draft picks. Like they say, you know, all the draft picks from 2021. I don't know. I don't know what Madison Haley's plans are. Um, I, I know that if she does decide to come play for the red stars, she shouldn't be tasked with any significant responsibilities. It's a big transition into, um, professional play. Um, obviously again, super glaring that Kelsey Turnbow move, sending her out. She was the person who was supposed to help with all of this, no longer coming into to Chicago. So yeah, I, it's tough because this team surprises us sometimes, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to tell them what they can and can't do, but it seems like this talk about the player attrition, just piece by piece, it's kind of continuing and they haven't brought anybody in. And, and that's also just a little bit like we talked a lot in 2021 about having the roster that you have and what we're looking at right now without some really big moves is that, but even more severe. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem great, does it? The other thing I actually want to say about this though is I think, and I, I hate, you know, I wish that we didn't have to talk about, I, I genuinely wish we didn't have to talk about like the 2021 or 2020 or 2019 or 2018 Red Stars this year. I would love to like put the Rory Dames era behind us, but we can't because we're still in it as of this moment because we don't have a new coach. But this team last year, especially, was not developing people. We would see, you know, they, they had the starters that they had and they had maybe their one or two or three subs that they'd bring in really late in the game. And you just had players that did not get playing time. They maybe got some during that one PSG game when they were doing warmups, right? Like it would be very much like you had, you had the starters working in front of goal. And then you had this, the bench doing like small, real small side, little passing drills off to the side. Clearly, you know, I know that the red stars pride themselves on their training environment. And I think that that is a very high standard, but in terms of getting those players worked into the squad, we didn't see that at all last year. Um, and I think that that's also an issue. Maybe that's why you send a Sarah Lubert down, down to Mexico so she can get some playing time, but those sorts of things are these, they're these artificial 
these artificial constructs created by these clubs and Chicago is not alone in this, like Louisville got right through over the coals for being a terrible place for development in this off season. And we've seen other places, especially with these types of coaches where they do just completely discard the players that need a little bit more work. And because the NWSL has always had such a strong player pool to choose from, they can get away with that. They they've never, the NWSL teams have never fully been punished, especially the ones that have compiled these really excellent starting 11s. They're never punished for not uh, developing those players because they're always going to have some of the best in the world, new ones coming in. And that's what I think that's what we saw. And then also I think that's when you see teams sort of complain about the schedule or complain about injuries or complain about a lot of different things like that. You're like, okay, but what's your development plan? And so a a player like Sarah Luber, why would she come back? She's playing. She's playing for one of the biggest clubs in Mexico. Um, Their average attendance is not significantly worse than NWSL and their big games are huge. Oh yeah. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, she's developing, she's growing. And I I don't see why for her making good choices about her career, she'd be super eager to come right back into, into this Chicago situation again, you know? Yeah, no, I think that those are, those are great points to bring up quite frankly. They're, they're, they're not unfair. They're, I would go further to say that they're not wrong. Uh, I'm because that's always something that I'm always like, paying attention to a little bit as well when like Liga MX Feminil gets into their playoff picture, right? When they get into their playoff push, when the grand final does come around, because I mean, like, like most other soccer leagues for the casual viewer, the person who's just a real big soccer head, they'll pay attention. They'll be like, Oh yeah. Like, let me, let me focus in on this league for a little bit while they've got their playoffs, while they got their uh, semifinals or finals going on. Um, because I love soccer and I want to pay attention and Liga MX Feminil tends to, to be one of those, type of uh leagues and, and places especially because at, at the time the playoffs or semifinals specifically start taking place like in the past and has ended so this right. is the soccer that people are maybe kind of tuning into and it's always fun and a delight to see but there's always um some of that narrative that comes out too right because people are like coming in in the latter ends of this and seeing like oh like look at these like massive crowds and and big things and that was sort of like one of my takes that i was yeah. like coming away with as well and i and i love it I, I love the energy but i think like one of my random twitter takes was sort of pointing it out like hey like i, I really need people to stop talking about league mx feminine like it's the same thing in general like all women's soccer is not the same thing all yeah. women's soccer leagues are not created equal and quite frankly all soccer women's soccer cultures are quite different and that is something that is uniquely special to Liga MX Feminine. and I'll just put it on blast and say it in plain English for people who maybe aren't getting or picking up on what I'm spitting but what I'm spitting is that Liga MX Feminine is doing what it is and has the fans and, and, and crowds that it has because Mexicans right yeah. <laughs> period Great. like that's just sort of like it's ingrained in the culture like soccer culture is is mexican culture so um yeah like like during the league if, if people are paying attention to to maybe some of the games that they can catch on a stream or something like that um yeah, yeah they're they're racking in, they're racking in like claire said like pretty similar crowds to maybe what we see on on an average day right in in in, in the league um but within these soccer cultures against these teams in Liga MX Feminos, there's also like really big games. They're they're big on the rivalry games. They're big on the, on, on the derbies and the you know and all of that. So even if it's not a playoff game, even if it's just like an invested rivalry games, those are pulling out like double digit yeah. numbers outside of a playoff picture. And then once these teams get into their playoffs, there's these massive 
massive crowds, right? So I, I'm with you. I think it's a great point to to, to bring up. I, I clearly, that resonated with somebody like a like a Luber, and yeah. that the experience was so good enough to the point yeah. where if the option is to start your 2022 in preparation in NWSL with the Chicago Red Stars or Club America of Liga right. MX Feminil, she said, I'm going over here real quick. Yeah. So I think it's very important that you brought, <laughs> brought up all that stuff. I think it's relevant and to talk about it. And I think it also speaks to what we've been talking about with this team um, moving forward, that they absolutely are in a little bit of a rebuild. And maybe that's not necessarily on the talent pool because they have some amazing players on this roster going into 2022, but it's a, it's in, in all other aspects outside of the club. It's, it's culturally, it's a uh, perception uh, making this uh, a club in a place that that players want to come to and want to be at. And that also includes maybe in this scenario, uh, head coaching, right? Yeah. Because this is, this is a tall order to, to ask a coach to come in here and sort of uh, take on. So uh, seeing the announcement from Club America was very, very cool. Uh, they had a cool video with Sarah Lubert sort of announcing her uh, her intention to to stay with Club America to start off uh, 2022. And then, of course, it's like, hey, let's let's take a look at this roster that the the Red Stars went ahead and set yeah. ahead of the expansion draft and drafts. And it's like, man, it's like that that four core is looking mighty thin. Yeah. Right yeah. now. And that is a tall, tall order uh, to put on uh, a player like Pew, who said that, you know, wanted to come to the Red Stars because something like development was still in, very important right. uh, to, to her. So there's there's that all those angles um, to take into as well. And we're talking about rosters and, and, and how it could potentially look in 2022, but there's an update on Casey Kruger as well within this, while we're talking about forwards to defend the, the back line and the defender defending core is going to look and take shape a little differently because Casey Kruger and, and her husband made the announcement that they're pregnant. They're going to be expecting a little baby in 2022. I believe it was July, the pregnancy announcement said. So this is another uh, player, a starting caliber player for Chicago that them, they're going to have to be prepared for, for a large chunk of their season if not if not the year right because uh you know mamas deserve to be with their their babies after <laughs> after so their yeah their like born. no right like honestly i'm like girl take the year off yeah girl go yeah. go 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 yeah enjoy yeah, yeah. No, it's, i mean it's baby. great news it's lovely news i'm so happy for them um they've got the whole they've got the whole deal right they got the dog they got the house now they're having it's a baby i love happening. it happening um, yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, yeah, I think that, and this is actually something that Chicago has generally been pretty good about is they're not going to make anybody come back to save them, which I think is, is good. That's healthy. Right. So, um, yeah, so I, it's one of it's one of those funny things. And this is always just part of covering women's soccer where you're like, this is wonderful news. And also the team has to figure out what to do now. But um, no, I, I told Sandra this before we started. I mean, it's obvious, right? It's just going to be Tatum's show next year. And I think Tatum Malazzo's show. And I think that, um, you know, no one's saying that Tatum Malazzo and Casey Kruger are like for like players, but she's got the experience, right? She's got the experience on the biggest game of the whole damn year. Like, Listen, the the uh, the Tatum Malazzo disrespect that was shown it's for true. the rookie of the year candidacy was was 
catastrophic. I yeah. was like, come on, y'all. Like, yeah, of course, Trinity Robinson's going to be in there. And you're going to look at somebody like Emily Fox. But don't tell me that Tatum Malazzo didn't have a case because yeah. she had a it's case. True. She's, uh, a, but- she's a bronze medalist in my heart. You know? <laughs> That's the real gold in 2021, yeah. <laughs> as right. we all learned. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, but it, it opens up those questions, right? It's like, you know, it's like, hey, is Kruger likely going to be out for 2022? Yeah, probably. Is there somebody capable in that that position? Absolutely. Her name's right. uh, Tatum Malazzo. So what does that mean for the depth of that position? You know, question mark, right? right. We were not too sure. We didn't get to see too much of Bianca St. George's uh, during the, uh, 2021 season. So we'll see, uh, what, what happens there, but these are, these are areas that we're going to have to keep an eye on, uh, obviously as the preseason comes closer, because eventually there is going to have to be an official preseason roster that gets dropped. There is going to have to be, you know, an official head coaching, you know, announcement that eventually uh, will come and all that stuff is, I mean, like hell dude, like we've got, we've got, what's the fifth, uh, my days are in January 31. We've got, uh, 26 days, days 26 <laughs> days to get CBA, to get CBA news. I'm still not convinced. I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen on February 1st. We'll see. Honestly. I mean, we only like to talk about Chicago red stars here and every once in a while we'll, we'll sort of tease what we're about outside there's of this enough space. content on the league, but there's large, so much content. But, yeah. I know Claire's got great work on what's going on with the union right now in other places so please check that out we had an interview at cbs with attacking third with megan burke and cindy miramontes talking about this first week of january was going to be crucial so we'll we'll see these are all claire's not wrong we got to keep an eye on it see what's what's going on with that and how that all affects uh the chicago red stars but (laughs) in the event that all goes well and gets accomplished and things kick off the way they're supposed to Let's maybe close it out with some really fun stuff. A thing that Chicago really did knock out of the park. Enjoy this bit of news. Uh, the Red Stars announced that they have partnership deals in place with local broadcasters for games in 2022. And seeing this announcement brought a lot of excitement for me because I was like, oh, this rules, man. I, I love this so, so much just to see that uh, happen for, for the club. They made the announcement that for 2022, the broadcasting partnership is going to be with the U, uh, but not only the U, WMEU, uh, channel 48.1 and WCIU channel 26.2 for the local stations, but also, um, University of Chicago, which, uh, was really exciting for me personally. I, I love watching women's soccer, uh, matches in, in Spanish whenever we get the opportunity, uh, to, to do that. And, you know, Chicago, they had a game, one game that did air on, on Univision in 2021. I think it was that Portland Thorns game that they won. Um, it was also viewed as the Hispanic Heritage Night in 2021, which, eh, questionable. Um, right. But they did have it on, on Univision for for that match, and that was something that they did try to do to to uh, honor, honor that month. And it was enough to where uh, Univision Chicago was like, hey, this is cool let's keep this energy going and let's like, like, like keep it moving and, and, and push it forward. So there's going to be games that are going to be across several different type of local uh, channels in this city. And honestly, that's really, really, really dope. Yeah, no, it's great. It, it, you know, it's unclear. It, it's unclear exactly 
so they they didn't announce what games it would be we don't know if it's right that is still to that's still coming figuring that part out and then i mean the other element too is sometimes with these local (laughs) broadcast deals it's just broadcasting the vista world link production so it's just sort of a, a re a re uh airing um of of things that are already happening but i do think it's really important to to take this first step because I think everybody knows, and I don't think that I'm actually stepping on Sandra's CBS toes at all saying this, that the Vista WorldLink uh, mo- monopoly on on NWSL broadcasts is not necessarily conducive to the growth that the league needs to see um, over the next couple of years. And so more people invested, more people paying attention, maybe you do eventually get an actual local broadcast the way we see with the Chicago Sky, right? Maybe you see, you know, I, I think that that sort of diversity of, of investment is really important um, yeah. by diversity. I just mean like more people, but uh, like, I think that is really great. The idea of it being broadcast in Spanish is really great. I think that you have to start opening these avenues up so that we aren't stuck with, oh, so we've got this CBA, CBS rights deal, but it's really just Vista and that's all you can have forever. And I think that, you know, that's not acceptable for what I think the league is trying to do. So um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's good that they've continued to pursue this. I think it's great that the local channels are interested. Um, this is going to be Chicago cannot afford. We can be ghosts, but Chicago can't Chicago, <laughs> Chicago can't afford to sort of recede into the mist this year. You know, I think that this is a real, and I don't mean this in like a, Ooh, this is exciting. Like watershed. I mean, like this is a make or break sort of a year for Chicago. Um, yeah. They can't this is, this is the year before the World Cup, man. Yeah, they can't just cease to exist in this market. Yeah. And to be completely honest, despite the fact they were in the championship game last year, that's kind of what happened. So they can't. They just can't. They have to keep up. They have to keep up. And yeah. this is one we of ta- the I mean, we talked a little bit about that yeah. when when we because we love the Chicago Sky so much, right? Yeah. Uh and, and there are moments where we we dip our toes into, you know, expressing our our passion for, for other leagues and stuff like that. And sometimes it's actual literal other sports. And, you know, we, we crossed, we connected those dots. We crossed that bridge when we were talking about experiencing a championship run with the Chicago sky and that like being in this city and being in this market, like, and being a women's pro league, unfortunately in a major metropolis like Chicago winning makes you relevant and competing keeps you part of the the conversation but you know being relevant is in a way relevancy for the chicago wrestlers in this city is not something they've achieved yet that's just that's just facts despite despite you know three finals in three years right and so that's where you get a little bit concerned because you're like well they're winning it's like do you want to be it's like would you like and, and i'm not trying to compare it's like do you want to have like a experience of like Chicago sky or do you want to have like a Chicago bandits experience, you know, because that was a, that was a softball, a a pro women softball club that was very successful in Rosemont, Illinois. Um, But again, also with the the whole relevancy component, right. That I'm talking about. So it's like, there's some, there's some things here that the, that the club has, has to work on. And hopefully with something like a, the announcement of like a, a local broadcast can, can help that relevancy and, you know, help them keep, stay part of the conversation and the landscape in this city in 2022 to help sort of maybe propel something for 2023, right? When everybody's talking about women's soccer in a world cup, 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, but no, it's, it's, you're a hundred percent. It's, it's correct. in, in bringing up the fact that it's, that it's like a stream. It's that same old stream. It's going to be so it's, that's the other part of it too, where it's like, you're, you're like, yes, oh, this is so cool. But you sort of read through it and you're kind of like, oh, that's right. So that's, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be unique right. to Chicago. And that kind of part kind of sucks, but maybe we'll see something with um, Univision because obviously they're going to need to have broadcast in Spanish. So that might be a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a something that is unique to Chicago and the broadcasts that do take place yeah. on on Univision. But um, we'll we'll see. I'm uh, when the games come out. If there are games that happen to be on the road that are part of these local broadcasts, I would love to to maybe take a listen to the one that takes place in Spanish and just yeah. to sort of see what what these uh, broadcasters and, and, and uh, announcers are, are calling and, and what they're maybe seeing in the game. So I, I loved that. This was something that came out from from the club. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's unimportant. It's it's absolutely important. I think it's absolutely important and integral to sort of keep Chicago Red Stars a a, a focal point in the Chicago sports landscape of the city in 2022. It's it's very very necessary, and I hope they have success with it. I hope they have some success with it that it does you know lean into into something like a literal World Cup year in 2023. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, right. Where I, I, I said, I wrote a little thing for just women's sports about this, just stuff I wanted to see for 2022. And I think that we're at the point where if the Chicago red stars are playing, the only way you can watch them can't be online. Like I, this, yeah. you just can't, this can't yeah. be what happens. So if they can at least get the Twitch games on a local broadcast channel, that is a huge win for me. Huge. Absolutely. I'm going to agree with you. I, I think if you're, I'll broaden it a little bit. I think, yeah, I think if you're, if you're Chicago, if you're Houston, if you're DC, you know, if, if you are New Jersey, New York, or all of those, California, right? LA, LA, you know, LA, you absolutely, if you're one of those cities, if you're like the, one of the top 10 cities in, in this, you know, country in terms of population, like you absolutely are going to want to have these types of deals in place Mm -hmm. because you that helps your women's pro team stay relevant and stay part of that conversation in in, in sports so I'm I'm very happy to see this announcement come uh for Chicago and for the players uh ahead in in 22 but that's uh that that's that's it for now in terms of the updates in Chicago and what's going on uh sort of what closed out December of 2021 and what we've sort of seen here in the beginning phase the first week of of January 2022 but um like uh, we went through with everybody there's still some things on here uh that are unanswered so we will be paying attention to that and probably on the next episode we will hopefully have some answers for everybody happy new year everyone we sort of made it we're all here together <laughs> Again, and I think uh, in light of everything, that's all we can really ask for, isn't it? It's true. Happy yeah. to be here. I want to remind everybody uh, that uh, all of our ramblings can be found in many different places. It could be found in the written form and more in other areas. Uh, but if you'd like what we talk about here specifically in this space, there's a number of ways to support us in our work at Southside Trap. The most direct way to do that is via our patron. You can go ahead and find a tier that works for you. Subscriptions start at 2 to $25. 
lots of different perks, even some gifts. Find one that works for you. And uh, if you can't do that, things are hard all over. You can head on over to social media channels and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. It's also Tripod with one letter P. Uh, if uh, you want to continue to do other things that help the greater good, what you could do is uh, continue to wear your mask and get boosted. Uh, continue to follow all the appropriate protocols. It's uh, hot out there, so to speak, in terms of the pandemic, even though it's very cold outside. Uh, but I do want to uh, remind everyone that you can find us on streaming services as well. Uh, while you're maintaining all of your state protocols, find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those great things. Please leave us a rating and review. That helps us out so, so much uh, whenever we're continuing our content. And uh, continue your support of Black Players and Black Lives. And Claire and I will be back soon with more updates on the Chicago Red Stars uh, to discuss with you all. Be safe, everybody.